Hello everyone, I'm David, and no Jono right now. This is a weird episode. We lost the recording for what we were actually supposed to talk about, which was spicy, and uh, you know, maybe a time traveler from the future came back and uh, saved us from some of the shit we said, but uh, we have an episode back from the archives that hasn't been released. This is the, I believe, the fourth episode we ever recorded. Uh, we think we cover a lot of stuff. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm about to edit it, so I'm excited to share it with you. But it's like 5.30 in the morning, so I don't know how good of a job I'm going to do, but I, I promise you, it will be. It will be. So without further ado, if it sounds different, if it feels different, it's because it's an old episode. And uh, you know what they said about old episodes? They're, uh, they're coming to you right now. Okay. Love you. Bye. Welcome, everybody. We are on Let's Wing It Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and... I'm David. Yeah, and we're going to talk about random things. And one big thing I want to tell you is something that happened to me on the weekend. What happened to you on the weekend? So, uh, my birthday happened. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm Sorry, I missed it. Ooh. Oh, Were you back? No, I wasn't there. When were you back? Sunday? Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. So, yeah, it was on January 8th, my birthday. Oh, it was a Sunday. So you came back on Sunday? Oh, sick. Yeah, because I was I, I was trying to invite people oh, I see. to come to it because something big happened. Ooh. So first thing, it was my birthday. Yep. So turned 37. Um, we had just small friends and family. We mm-hmm. got all the people I wanted to come. We're at CES, ah. so didn't really work out. Uh, at least I assume so. But uh, I got married. Oh! Yeah. That's, oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I didn't know that. I mean... Okay, let's just let's just be very clear. It's for legal reasons. Mm. Um, but Jillian and I have been together for sixteen years. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, over six. Oh uh, no, this year will be the sixteenth year. Okay, we met August eighteenth, and yeah. we moved in. L- the main reason why we did this is because my visa petition got approved to immigrate to the U.S. Woo. for my new job, but the United States government uh, does not recognize. The common law status. That makes sense. So I, I was kind of bitching about it and like, oh, that sucks. Like, oh, I have to do this whole thing. But uh, we got married. So hey. yeah, it was like literally the cheapest, <laughs> quickest wedding you could ever do. Yeah. I literally stressed because I was hoping that it was be like the US process that you can go to the like the um, city hall. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. just submit it and write paperwork. Yep. No, you have to get an efficient. Yeah. So yeah, the hardest person negotiate rates, and this is my biggest point. Was like, I want, I need this this to be the shortest thing ever. No, and she's like, why? It should be like a beautiful. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not listening to me. I need this to be the shortest thing you've <laughs> ever done. Like it's like bare minimum to get me past the, legal, the finish line, yeah. and just do it. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just don't like weddings. Yeah. Like, well, like no. Okay, let me start saying again. If David, you get married and you have mm. a wedding, I'll go to it for sure. I'll yeah. go anywhere you want. And you'll be mad the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just for me, I just don't like being the center of attention. Sure. Ironic that I'm on a podcast yeah. about it. But like a ceremony like that makes me feel uncomfortable. Sure. Like I don't know why. So and also the fact that you can spend up to like thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars really easily. This wedding, if I'm gonna calculate it, cost me under 600 Canadian That's dollars. That's the perfect amount for a wedding. Perfect. So we actually had a funny thing about how we did this was 
So we got Jillian's family, my sister, to come to my dad's place. Mm-hmm. It's a big place. I and it was a good hook to get them in. Going, oh, it's for my birthday. <laughs> so we got them in. Um, everyone's having a good time. There's some drinks. There's yep. a lot of food. We provided all the food and cool. drinks. Is that in your six hundred bucks? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So like that was like full catering. Like yeah. we, we went to a grocery store and be like, yeah, 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 a yeah, bunch yeah, of sandwiches yeah. and yeah, everything. Yeah. So we got a lot of platters. And then at eleven forty-five, five minutes before the efficient came, we're like, we have a big announcement. <laughs> and then it for some reason Jillian took a long time. Like it was a long pause, and I had to like interrupt everything because I was like, oh, by the way, it no, she's not pregnant. Because oh. Jillian's family is like really on me yeah. to have kids. And Jillian and I are just not Goodness. very into it. Yeah. But I just had to do it because like a lot of them were like, what's going on? Yeah. And I was like, what the, what the, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, we're not pregnant now. Like, like, we're not having a kid. And she's like, yeah, we're not having a kid. We're getting married. And then everyone's like, oh. Granted, a couple people knew already. Yeah. So like Jillian's mom had to know because she was helping out with some yeah. arrangements. So the officiant came, mm-hmm. we did the wedding, did 10 minutes of photos. And I'm like, cool, we're done. Like we got Wedding's the cake done. and everything. And she's like, yeah, cool, BRB. And I changed out of my suit and went back <laughs> to like jeans and a shirt. Yeah. I'm like, ah. But the only problem is, is that no one actually believed that it was my birthday. <laughs> so like, so when is your birthday? Everyone was asking. I'm like, today. today? Yeah. They're like, no, but there's a wedding. I'm like. Yeah, the hook was the, the yeah. birthday to get you yeah. here for the wedding. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, it was, a, awesome. it was a good time. Congratulations. Yeah. And that's uh, that's cool that you don't have to like really change what was working for you guys. Like you don't have to yeah. do a big crazy thing. It was just like, yeah, this is what this yeah. works for you guys. Yeah. But I mean, like it was like, I know it did feel like a little bit weird after mm. looking at Jillian. I'm like, you're my wife. Technically now. <laughs> so I don't know. Like it's. It's not. It hasn't changed anything yeah. about the way I feel or everything. But it just feels like now it's like, oh, it's we've lived a quote unquote a house of sin for sixteen years, and now I feel a little bit cleaner. <laughs> oh, thank goodness you can go back to church. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a it was a it, it was a civil ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it was just like bam, 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 done. She's like, see you later. Thanks for the hundred bucks. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. okay, cool. But yeah, no, I got married. Hey, cool. congratulations. That's yeah. cool. Thank you. Mazel tov? What do you say? What do you say when someone gets married? Just congratulations. Well, I mean, it's a civil one, so it's congratulations or, yeah, yeah to that level. Yeah, that's cool. And then I drank the 80 bottle of champagne. Jillian and I drank two glasses each, and then we both felt sick after. Because <laughs> I don't drink. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't yeah. really drink that much. That's perfect. That's a, what a good way to go to sleep. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, now you can move to the States. And yeah. Not be a big thing. Well, I mean, I have to wait for the... The certification, no, yeah, the certificate to come in, which should be within two weeks after the ceremony. I see. Then I have to go to the visa or point of entry to America from Canada. Um, I was really worried because uh, this is a tangent because my official documents from my lawyer was like, you have to go to Toronto to the embassy. I was like, oh, I don't want to go to Toronto to the embassy. Like, I have no problem going there. So, like, that's a long time. Yeah, and a lot but of then, then, then there was a line going. Oh, if you're Canadian, you don't have to. Oh, it was, goodness. it was, it was confusing. Yeah, but it was like, oh, you can go to any point of entry. Okay. I was like, dope. Much, much better. Yeah, because there was a point of entry like 20 minutes from my house. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 How about that's you? Fun. Wait, how, well, how was your 
Dino, you, you came back from a trip. Yeah, CES, so Vegas. Uh, pretty tiring. Um, Vegas is Vegas. I'm not a big fan. I uh, I think like I like the shows. I don't like casinos. I like being able to walk around and have a drink on the street. I think that's fun. I like that is fun. Traveling the world and going to places where you can get booze at a convenience store and just like walk around. That's Here's, like one of my favorites. I think the only thing I love about Vegas, and this is big disclaimer, do not smoke. Um, but smoking inside is such a cool feeling. Yeah, it's so weird. Because like we were we were alive when that was a thing, but we were too young to smoke when indoor smoking was a thing. I think I think well for me, yeah, you're a few more years old than me. Yeah, I'm like 37. I think the 80s you could smoke on a plane. I think it was. I don't know. Don't quote not. me on that. I feel like it was before that. But was it before? I feel like I would be so upset on a plane. I don't know. <laughs> If I could smoke on a plane, it'd be cool if everyone was smoking. If there was like a smoking section, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, best anyways. thing in best thing in Vegas uh, is now Omega Mart. I was actually like, shake. Oh, what? So I'll talk about it briefly. It's basically uh, if we opened, it's a supermarket that is from another dimension. So you go in and it's like this whole like every brand is sort of like recognizable, but it's different and it's all off and it's all made with different things and these things. And like the front part of the the experience is it's just a supermarket with weird things and you can get like you look at like the carrots and like they're all weird and shit. But then there's more to it. I don't want to spoil it because I actually didn't know that much going into it. I just yeah. know that it was weird and trippy. Um, well, I think Emily Instagrammed it. Probably. Yeah, yeah I went yeah. with Emily. Yeah. Uh, and it was by far my favorite thing that I've ever seen in Vegas. And I've done a fair bit of shows, like yeah. a lot of the Cirque du Soleil shows, but Omega Mart was freaking so rad. Um, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, next time I go, but yeah, maybe may, I might go next time. I'm not too sure because my future role will be at MKBHD. We're in the same realm of tech. CS is the mm-hmm. mega tech show, but um, Mark has decided not to go this year. Sure. I didn't see that much value for me to go this year. And I think based on your reaction, I think it was not great. We We sent too many people, I think, this time we sent like 22 people 22 yeah and we booked uh a suite which mm-hmm. was supposed to be like half they're like part short circuit set so yeah. we we're gonna like happy vendors bring stuff and we do short oh, circuits there yeah part editing suites and then also parts like meeting room for creative warehouse and stuff oh cool uh, and it was definitely useful for that because every time i went back to offload footage there was like always a meeting and those stuff and it was good yeah, i feel bad for nick he must be like so tired so tired <laughs> yeah um and then the editing suite was really good but we did one short circuit there yeah i i did notice like um full disclosure i used to be the channel manager for short circuit mm-hmm. so I, exp- oh, yeah. I, I i i know what goes on and I could probably comment on a lot of things. Gotta help I hold my tongue on a lot of things. So I'm not there <laughs> anymore. Um, right there, I got the million point nine million. Hell yeah. Uh, but anyways, but yeah, like that, that kind of sucked. Cause yeah, that was back in 2021 or 2022. No, 2022 show. Yeah. Uh, that was the plan for us to do short circuit. Mm. Is either maybe like 50% is gonna be on the showroom floor. Because yeah. there's some things that cannot come to the, the suite no and they don't only have like two prototypes and like exactly they, they have to both stay right there yeah. but that was the plan is to have a suite or a room so we can do like unboxing yeah but that well, i guess that sucks the the problem is most vendors don't really want to go out of the way yeah. to do that like they want to have you make videos on them and they want to help you make that happen but 
going to a suite that's separate from everything is just a little too much. And like we kept asking for like displays and monitors and TVs and stuff. I'm like, they're not going to fucking Uber a a TV over to this hotel room. But yeah, I was thinking like more like small items, like keyboards, mics, headphones, headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, monitor. I wouldn't want to do that if I was like a business guy. I'd be like, no. No, you can just come over here and shoot. I mean, it. if you're like Samsung or Asus, like, yeah. no, you're fucking coming. To me. 100%. Yeah, like, I would never go up to Asus and be like, hey, come to me. Like, no, 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 you come to us. No, 100%. Yeah, but, eh. But yeah, there was some neat stuff. Uh, I felt like it was a kind of a sleepy CES because last year was not really a CES. So everyone was sort of tepid. And I think, like, the whole no. nature of media shows has changed where. Sony doesn't need CES to release information. Like no. Samsung doesn't need CES to have eyes on them. Like we don't like the media doesn't get to control corporate messaging the way it used to 10, 20 years ago. Now yeah. they can be like, Hey, we're live streaming the the announcement of the new S 23 and like, we'll watch it. Yeah. Like, it's it's well, like to like Apple proved it. Yeah. Like, okay, well let's go back. So when COVID happened, mm-hmm. it shut down everything. 20 CS 2021 was canceled, obviously. Uh, even LTX 2021 was canceled. Yeah. Some of that. Um, and then people kind of realized that you get more bang for your buck and it's more efficient to spend. Let's say, like, I'm, let's say I'm Samsung. Going to CS is a lot of money. Mm. I think it's like, I think they probably spent like at least like two to five million dollars. You gotta fly staff, you gotta rent the booth space, you oh, gotta at rent least. the teamsters, yeah, yeah. build the sets, and then would you have to store all this shit for like years and that cost that's added cost. Mm-hmm. Or we can send uh Linus Tech Tips or Marquez Brownlee or Gamer Nexus this yeah. monitor, make three of them, yeah. which infinitely costs less than millions. Yep. And then they'll review it. hundred percent. Yeah. And so I think that's that's why, at least in the creator economy. You see more people spending in the creator economy, investing, doing sponsored videos 100%. or seeding products yeah. to everyone, and then less physical shows because most people don't really give a shit. I don't. I used to like. I I mean, I still get a little excited about E three stuff, but like, mm-hmm. I don't care about show floor stuff. I just care about the trailers that come out. Yeah, and like that's just so. It's just like really the corporate timing of it. It's not yeah the show. Uh, the show that makes it exciting. And let's be honest, even like E three, similar to CES. Nothing actually happens at CES. No. It's everything's around 100%. CES. 100%. So like E3 has like, I think Bethesda like rented like the next yep. like hotel. Yeah. 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 So no one's actually going to E3. Yeah. It's just the timing of yeah. E3. 100%. Well, and that's what I found this year was that it was so sprawling where like the show floor and that didn't have that much to it, but there was so many suites to go to. Like I, I don't think I ever had a chance to like just walk around the main floor because Every yeah. appointment I had was at a different hotel all the way across Vegas. Mm-hmm. And that's because everyone wants to control their own space and have it be their their yeah. their story and it be their world. But I remember my first time going to CS and it's like, yeah, you have to meet us at this suite. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. And then I'm not going to name the company. The company is fine. But it's like open the door and you see like little displays everywhere and you see a guy sitting on the bed. I'm like. Ah, yeah. but it was fine like you know, like then i quickly learned it's like oh you just rent hotel yeah. rooms for the ball i'm like oh okay it just it looked a little weird oh, for sure. and like i think for making content it's a lot better to have that quiet space and, like, 
being able to have one person and one creator and just like being able to talk is so much better. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like, we went to a couple booths to be like, is this worth doing a video for? And it's just so hard to get the attention and the space and the time. And like, if when we brought Linus, it was a different thing. Cause the people see Linus and they're like, this is my opportunity. And like, yeah. they go in sales mode, but we didn't bring Linus this year. So it was all like yeah. the smaller writers that people might may or may not recognize. Uh, and then you just don't get the same privilege. And yeah. it's like, it was a good experience to be like, oh yeah, this is what most people have to deal with. But then it also meant that we didn't get the same access that we sometimes get. Yeah, I mean, you usually never have to rely on the business person with the relationships if they have it. 100%. To get it. So I remember for me, I was with, I think I bounced between teams a lot when oh, yeah. when I did for 2020. My last CES with LMG was, I think I was like with you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I got to go meet this team to go mm-hmm. here. And it's like either, I think I walked at least like 30 kilometers. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I think one time I had like a two hour break. So I walked from the Vegas, uh, yeah, Vegas convention center. center back to the Venetian. Huh. And that's not a far, that's it's like, not close though. On, it's like 45 on, minutes. Yeah. I mean like on the map, it looks pretty close, yeah. but then but you're Vegas like, is so not walkable. Yeah. Granted, it's so nice to do that walk. Cause I came up with the boulevards. It's not on the main strip. Like you can walk on the streets yeah, and yeah. know exactly what buildings there are. And it's just so nice to like see regular people, no one's like partying or being crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like I'm just on a street was talking to people. Yeah, I I agree. I love when you're overstimulated in a place like that. You just get to go take some time for yourself and just not have yeah. to engage and do stuff. Yeah, I uh, I wonder if CS will recover or no, not. It no. feels like it's it's better off than E3 is because there's no direct competitor to CES yeah. in the same way that like Summer Games Fest. I think Computex is the closest thing. But it's still like more niche and it's not in the US. And yeah. I think that that's always going to be harder. Like having something in the US yeah. is going to be naturally easier and bigger. And You know what? I want to get Dennis on here because I, I love loved that. my trip. I think the last Computex we ever went to was the one that him, myself. And oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, that was. Oh, my God. It was such an amazing trip. And then right after we went to you and I went to Germany with Linus. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that time. Yeah, but it's great. But yeah, anyways, that's that's I guess a sum up of recent things. Recent things. But what else is recent? Movies. What movies? All kinds of movies. The last, I the two movies that I want to talk about are uh, White Noise, which is the most recent Noah Baumbach movie starring Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig as uh, one of the main characters. Uh, it's sort of like a 80s look at uh, who knows and that's my uh that's my analysis of the movie is what the fuck was that about yeah um, it okay was, uh, no, to, to be fair um i think it was like white noise yeah and what else is the other movie i want to talk about pinocchio okay cool but i want to talk about white noise first because i have less to say yeah because i'm a little baffled yeah by that movie i think it's boy like, like, like let me just set this first yeah yeah i I think you you told me this through text. I know Pinocchio because that was with um, Del Toro. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, uh, but White Noise. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so it's basically uh, a f- suburban family in the '80s gets evacuated because a toxic cloud, due to a weird accident, comes over their area. <laughs> um, but it's like it's not really about that. It's about uh, Adam Driver, who's a professor of Hitler studies. Uh, what who? is like paranoid and is in love with his wife, but his wife gets distant. It's just about so much. And you can really feel that. I didn't know that it was based on a book, but you can feel that it is. Yeah. But 
the best movies based on a book, they are a complete story, but you can tell that there's like details behind the story. Yeah. Whereas this, it just feels like there's so much information missing. Yeah. And it goes, it, it does these huge tonal shifts where it's shocking. And I didn't really understand the movie I was watching. And I'm, I think I'm a fairly savvy movie goer. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't tell if it was like black comedy that wasn't funny or if it was drama that had jokes that weren't funny or yeah. like what it was. And I think it's a shame. It's Noah Baumbach, the guy who did like Marriage Story uh, and like Marriage oh, Story. So he's yeah. a guy who's all about this natural dialogue and these like really kind of improvisational feeling scenes, even though they're carefully crafted. It's his first movie that he directed that he didn't write the story. Uh, so it's ba- mm. like I said, it's based on a book. And it's missing what I think makes his movie special. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got this like mixed tone that is hard to swallow. And it goes dark at the end in a way that I don't think it really was at the beginning. But it's absurd. But it's also like trying to be political, but it doesn't really have a message. Yeah. And it's just a mess. And um, uh, point is, I would not recommend watching White Noise. It was yeah fine, but it is it's a lot of potential that is totally squandered. It well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of like in the reason why I'm not looking to you. I'm like I'm like kind of like trying to quickly digest what this movie's about by having this trailer play. <laughs> I'm like, even I'm kind of going like, what's going on? Like Don Cheadle's in it. Yeah, I he's love. the professor. He wants to be the professor of Elvis studies. Yeah, like I mean, it looks really cool trailer wise, but I'm kind of also noticing in the movie poster, it's produced by Netflix. Yeah, and I always have that kind of. Like when you watch a movie and you know it, like you can, if you see a Netflix movie, you, there's a certain feel to it. I Mm -hmm. always find there's always like something that's like either like it's written in a certain way or presented in a certain way. I don't know, but I know when I see a Netflix film. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So it feels like either like maybe, maybe it's not the writer's fault. Maybe it's not the director's fault. Maybe it happened at the editing. I have a feeling it might be, at, the at least partially yeah and then the studio execs like well data shows yeah we want a dark ending but it's still funny yeah because these three hundred thousand sample group tests showed us they really like mm-hmm. this and we think that like it feels like that's what happened mm. at least that's i haven't full disclosure again i have not watched this movie yeah. but when i've watched netflix movies it kind of feels like well it's netflix is such an interesting thing because a few years ago it was kind of like the the holy grail it was the promised land for creators where Mm -hmm. they were so desperate for content that everything was being green lit so like Mm -hmm. if you were a creator you could go to netflix pitch and like there was a good chance that you would get money to make something because they just needed content but now like you said everything's so algorithmically driven and everything is so targeted and everything is so carefully curated to hit the broadest demographics that like Nothing feels like an expression of a creator. Yeah. Um, and white noise doesn't feel like the expression of a creator in the same yeah. way that marriage story or Merowitz stories does, where it's like, ah, oh, there was a story that needed to be told. Yeah. White noise just feels like, oh, content slot needed to be filled and they hired talented people and the talented people kind of half-assed it. And uh, here we are. Yeah. Like the and- movie looks really cool. I like the art. Yeah. The, the, the cinematography is good. Mm-hmm. The look is good, but. It's just that kind of weird thing with this. It's just like, I know now how Netflix is operating is that yes, like they were greenlighting everything. They were doing all these things, but now they are at the point where they need to start thinking 
and being more efficient with their money. Yeah. So now they are starting to incorporate. They've always incorporated data. And I think to me, Netflix has the best algorithm on suggesting what you want to watch from all platforms. Paramount Plus does it poorly. Amazon Prime is just a hot mess. <laughs> and you have to kind of search for what you want. But like, I think Netflix is at that point where they're at, they're at it. I think they're at a, they have been or they have already taken the direction of what they're going to be doing now. Are they actually going to still try to be top or they're going to be kind of at the bottom? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I, as much as I hated white noise, I think they knocked it out of the park with Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the next movie that I want to talk about is Del Toro's Pinocchio. And I think yeah. it's a, a po- oppositional. It's like the opposite side of how they do things where I really yeah. feel like with this movie, Del Toro went to them and was like, I want a budget to make the stop motion movie. And stop motion has had a hard time making money. Like the the last of the la- in the last decade, the kind of the big stop motion movies have been the studio Leica movies. And the reason they get to make money, even though they don't or mm. the reason they get continue to get made and they don't pr- profit yeah. is that a, that one of the studio founders, his dad's like some fucking multi-billionaire. <laughs> I, I haven't researched this myself, but I've yeah. heard that that's the thing because all the studio like movies don't fucking make money. Wait, so wait, which, which studio studio? So studio like is like yeah. a, a Coraline and, and uh, oh. Kubo and the two strings and uh, missing link and stuff. Kubo. Oh. I loved Kubo yeah. and I fucking love claymation. Yeah. But I, I have always felt, I have mostly felt yeah. that Claymation is such a difficult medium to work in that often the story has to suffer for the sake of the medium. Where in animation, yeah. like in 3D animation, there's a lot more flexibility going back and forth of like, okay, we can design the scene. Okay, we can kind of like pre-visit and figure yeah. it out and do this. Um, and then like, oh, it's not working. Okay, we can go back, rework it, do this, this, this. Yeah. Whereas in Claymation, like you move forward. Like there is no like, there is previs yeah. like where they animate it, but you can't like utilize a scene that you've animated and completely redo it. It's not like, like the rigging works the same. And so yeah. you have to, there, I've often noticed like even Kubo, which might be my favorite claymation movie ever. It's, it's not a perfect story. It's not a perfectly told story in the same way that like the best Pixar movie yeah. would be. Pixar movies are so tight because they can keep reiterating every part of it, every step of the way. Yeah. But Pinocchio is fucking awesome. And is it, it? it's a, one of the best told claymation stories. Yeah. And it has like Del Toro touch without, Sometimes he, he gets too involved with his own style. Like, I didn't like Nightmare Alley. I didn't like uh, mm. the Haunted Mansion one. I, I haven't really watched a Del Toro movie since, um, this is so cliche, but uh, I haven't watched it since, uh, not Pan's Labyrinth. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I know, I know. Even Jillian's fucking telling me, to, like, you got to see so this. Good. Um, but I haven't watched them since um, Hellboy 2. Hell yeah, that's a great movie too. Oh my God, Hellboy 1 was pretty good. Yeah. Hellboy 2, it's like, oh. So good. It's like even like the, the latest Hellboy, it's like, uh, it's not wrong, Pearl, man. I don't give a shit. No, and like they got it, <laughs> they got it so wrong. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, like Del Toro, he's, I know he's really good. Yeah. But I think he's just, I treat Del Toro almost like Wes Anderson. Mm. It's like, I need to be in a kind of certain headspace sure. to watch yeah. it. And I saw Pinocchio. I saw the trailer. I haven't watched the movie, yeah, full disclosure, yeah. again, because you watch, you consume more media I than I do. I love movies. Uh, I tend to just kind of... Eh. As a comedy. Granted, yeah. I did watch a movie last night I will talk about. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, the Del Toro has such a unique art style. He kind of reminds me of 
Tim Burton in a way. Sure. Yeah. As yeah, like yeah. the same kind of like weird, wacky characters. Yeah. Oh, in both movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When there's like a certain like proportion or weight to like the design of everything. And Pinocchio is definitely uh, shares that. And I think it just does such a good job where you'll be familiar with the beats of it where you're like, okay, yeah, this guy makes a little wood boy turns gets given life. Yeah. Um, But they take such a different turn on it and they give different weight to different parts of the story. And I don't want to spoil it because I highly recommend yeah. you. No, you know you what? I, think, I know. I think, no, spoil it for me. Cause I still watch it. I don't want to spoil it for the audience. I oh, want no. them to go listen. Okay. To it. Okay. But it is so maybe. May, oh, how, how about this? Okay. Yeah. How about this? Uh, I will watch it. Yeah. I will, I will will myself to watch it. Yeah. I'll probably like it. Yeah. It's pretty um, short. It's we'll, less than two hours. And full disclosure. The one reason why I like working with David is because we like things, but we have different opinions. Yes. But, um, I'll watch it. I'll probably like it. And then we can talk about it yeah. later and we'll probably put like millions of spoiler warnings and everything. Yeah. Well, well, well granted I will spoil my movie cause it's been out for a while. Yeah. The only sure. reason why I watch it is cause yeah. I'm paramount. I ended up, uh, I ended up watching strange worlds. Cause I was so curious. Uh, and I fell asleep. That's the Disney one that you hated. Oh uh, yeah. Like, I knew I wasn't going to like it, but it was like, I was doing stuff. So I wanted just like a background thing. And you, you, I, I, it put me to sleep even though I wasn't paying attention. Did, did you like you understood why I hated that movie? It's just it's an algorithmically made movie. Like yeah. it has no unique identity of its own. It's just yeah. assembly of all these different ideas. I didn't mind I, yeah. the like the the representation of the diversity. Like yeah. I don't care if like if it is an algorithmically based movie. Good. Like let's push towards that. But there is like it's nothing, a Mad Libs a movie. It, yeah, it's just Mad Libs a movie. Yeah, yeah, like like. Uh, audience if you're listening we we've talked about strange worlds and the last ones and i think we've we, along with that one we talked about glass iron we, yeah it was like two hour long discussion yeah it's great but i fucked up and then you know the recording we both everything, yeah anyways uh we're gonna have that maybe on our patreon later if we feel at like some point some point uh but anyways um what we what strange world was um nutshell was it's a movie about it's a it's a kids movie, so you shouldn't expect too much. But I guess Pixar, in a way, and Disney have done Elevated a pretty good the job. Yeah, like Zootopia was a freaking amazing yeah, movie, in my opinion. But Strange World was boy, uh, father. No, yeah, okay. So there's three people: there's father, grandfather, and son. Uh, grandfather, father uh, are you know biologically the same, and you know one one is opposite and what they want to do and one wants to do another thing. And then the son wants to be like the grandfather mm-hmm. and the whole premise is that it's a, the incredible journey, the one that you go inside of being to solve a problem. And there's a little bit of environmentalism. It's all about relationship in the family. But if you watch this movie, you will be bored because so it's so obvious what they're trying to do. Yeah. They just don't have, like a vision for it it's just it's it's almost shocking how rudderless disney has been and yeah. like that that movie is just like you can just see the executives like pitching each other being like yeah we can do this and like it's not it's they, not a creative endeavor it's just a business endeavor they, they didn't do story first no they didn't go we want to tell a story about x yeah. y and z they went we want a movie that involves a mixed race family uh, and also a represent LGBTIA plus. I think I got that. No, Q, G, LGBTIA plus. Yeah. 
And yeah, that kind of involved. Like, it's good to involve that community. Yeah, yeah. And I think they did actually a really good job to introduce that his son's gay or maybe bisexual. I don't know. But it's like, they did a wonderful job, in my opinion. Like, Mm -hmm. that was beautiful. It's like, oh, he likes David. It's like, oh, like. He doesn't like David. Yeah. Oh, is it David? I can't remember. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, they did a good job doing that. And Mm -hmm. it didn't feel awkward at all. It was like, you just had that natural, like, oh, he has a crush. Yeah. That's cool. But, like, everything else was just like. Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, it just like I couldn't tell you any of the specific beats that happened, even though I've, it's been like a week or two that I've watched it. I, 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 I like kids movies, but I they have to be using animation as a medium yeah. to tell the story, not just like, you know, be flashy in a way that kids will be attracted by the colors. And that's what Strange yeah. Worlds is. It exists to uh flashlights for kids to keep them there long enough to make it worth the investment for Disney Plus. Yeah, but granted that movie I think bombed. Bumped really hard. Yeah, I think it was like within two months or one month. Two months it was on Disney Plus. And yeah. and I think it made like uh not even its budget. Back. It made no money. Yeah. <laughs> but let's check that out. Yeah. But yeah, back to like claymation. I think the heyday of claymation, um, maybe before Pinocchio, like what <laughs> I you can't see this, but I can see David's like, mm. <laughs> oh my god! The so make- budget was one eighty million. Yeah. Um. And so generally, to make money, yeah, it the- used to be double, but now it's usually it's time and a half to four times now because is it like, four times now because it used to have a tail end where you can make money on DVD sales and all this stuff, but oh. like once it's out of theaters, it's just it's done. You make like a ten million, twenty million dollar Netflix deal. That's it. Um. Yeah. So it's budget one eighty mil. It's box office. 72 oh. not even like one times as budget not let alone 2.5 to yeah. four times Holy it's shit. huge bomb it's that's so rough bad. that's someone's fired 100 percent. yeah well Someone. i mean like the the ceo that was behind that era of disney is gone bob Iger, bob Iger's back we'll see he's bobby save us he's a he's a great ceo for disney but i mean disney's a crappy company in terms of like ethics but it's I, a corporation. They're not beholden to morality. They're beholden to shareholders. Yeah. I mean, I bought, I was actually looking to buy Disney stock the other mm. day. So I, I might do, I'm just, I'm kind of still, I'm still trying to figure out where it's trying to go. I'd uh, say, I feel like, okay, let's talk creatively. Yeah, Is yeah. Disney a stock worth buying? I think, I think Marvel has had a tough phase. Yeah. I think Star Wars has had a tough phase. Yeah. And I think Disney animation and Pixar has had a tough phase, but I think all of them might uh, Pixar. I think the next Pixar movie is going to suck too. What's but the next Pixar movie? Elemental. It's that one where it's like fire oh, and water. Yeah. I saw it the looks trailer. Fine, but it doesn't look like special. It's honestly, it's going back to like Mad Libs. It's like hundred oh. percent. It's like okay, let's just be honest. Um, one one person's probably white, the other person's 100%. black. It's just mixed relationships. Yeah, they're like, you can see the, instead of one person being like, I have this story to tell. It's just the boardroom of like, what's what's the hot topic yeah. issue these days? And like, you can make a good movie out of that, but it just seems so uninspired. Yeah. And I mean, Pixar has been totally guilty of pulling its punches on interesting ideas. Like Soul, yeah. super interesting idea, but they pull their punches and they, they get out of the afterlife so quick and back to earth and they put this guy in a cat and they're like, ha ha, cat jokes, person isn't a cat. Ha ha. Yeah. Instead of being like, yo, trippy afterlife, we're going to give your kid existential dread. Yeah. Like, that would have been a way cooler movie. Oh, yeah. Just like, like figure out who the person is and like you're born with high anxiety. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And it's it sucks. And that's it was funny. I 
<laughs> getting back to Pinocchio yeah. somehow. Darkness in kids movies is fucking awesome. And when you're a kid, yeah, it's a little scary, but those I liked the dark movies because like they felt so much more important. Yeah. Uh, and there's like violence in Pinocchio. There's like an edge to it. And it starts with like sadness in a real way where like most kids movies, are, it's so sanitized and you don't get that. But yeah. I liked real sadness. Think about when you're a kid, how good um, like brave, brave little toaster or. Um, oh, my God. Don't talk about that toaster. Uh, fuck, oh. I think, and like how dark and scary that is. Yeah. Uh, or uh, Land Before Time. Like. His yeah. fucking mom dies in Land Before Time. Like, like Bambi even Bambi, even, like yeah. that darkness is I think important for kids to tackle with and have to discuss with. If we if we protect the kids so much from this darkness, you can still have good movies without like yeah. inherent darkness. But when I I appreciated that as a kid and I, that stuck with me and it felt like these were important movies to yeah. digest and it also opens up discussion. Yeah. And I, I think, mean like oh sorry, yeah. No, like, no, I good. mean like fairy tales like yeah. before Disney kind of took it over. They were pretty freaking dark. Yeah. Like Hansel and Gretel. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like puts, puts like the witch in the oven. Like that's kind of fucked up when you yep. think about it. I think what, um, red, red, um, red riding hood. It's like the ax man actually chops up. Oh yeah. Wolf in front of her to yep. save the grandmother. Like, you, yeah. You little mermaid. It's all like, she dies at the end. Yeah. I mean like then Disney kind of just like came in and, and saved like, everything. I definitely understand why Disney would want to, you know, clean up the stories to make them more palatable to a modern audience. But it's still I think a little bit scary at some point. Yeah. And I mean like there's some scary shit that happens in Disney movies. Uh, and like a lot of those villains are just evil and scary. Uh, and it's interesting. I feel like, Although we live in a really divisive time, every single villain we get in a kids movie has to be relatable or like sympathetic in some way. And I, I think it's important to have sympathetic villains. Yes, but I also kind of miss just like straight up evil villains. I mean, yeah, I think they're they learn that lesson that could be a good and a bad thing mm -hmm. from the Marvel movies. Like, because a lot of the Marvel villains, um, the only one that really kind of pops to mind is um, the first Ant Man. Whoever was the yellow jacket guy, he's he's the guy who like yeah see like you don't remember don't him oh but, yeah the yeah. business dude yeah so like he's just he's just a bad yeah, guy he, cares. he sucks yeah he sucked but you know when you actually think about it in even like a storytelling sense at least from my my point of view is that if you have like a plain Jane he's the bad dude you can spend a lot of time going oh what's Paul Red's character gonna be mm -hmm. like and his relationship with his family and all that stuff that you really essentially care about because. That guy's going to die. Yeah. And the only kind of bad guy you actually felt sympathetic for in the whole Marvel universe, which I think they did a really good job, is Thanos. Because you're like, mm -hmm. oh, he just has like a big objective, which is when you think it, and it's it is debatably like kind of makes sense. Kind of yeah. makes sense. But also they did a great job. On yeah. That. They did a good job. And you feel for him. Granted, I'm glad they kind of. But when you look at it, the end, end game. You kind of just like, oh, he's just a bad dude again. And you're like, That's, okay, dope. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's 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 always a fine balance because I do think a sympathetic villain generally is better. Cause I think you're right. That's why Thanos was so fucking awesome. When you're like, he kind of has a point. And it in yeah. Endgame, when he comes back and it's a different Thanos who's just like, I see no one will appreciate what I do, so I'll just kill everyone. It's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I kind of uh, miss old Thanos, but he died too. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I think Loki is the other good early Marvel villain, but really he became an anti-hero into a, into a hero. Yeah. So it's like, it's not quite comparable. I think, uh, Killmonger was pretty good. 
Killmonger was great, and Killmonger became cooler in Wakanda forever. Yeah, that was a cool. That yeah, was a cool I think scene. I think you and I both knew. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan's dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for uh, <laughs> Wakanda forever. Oh, I know it's been, it's been out. It's since been out for December. I think December, November. I don't know. It's not like a movie anyway. Yeah, but um, I what I miss is like the Disney animated villains yeah. like uh, Ursula or Facilier in uh, Princess and the Frog where oh, yeah. they're like, they're just super interesting and you like want to know what's going on, why they got that way. But like they're evil. Yeah. And like, I think that that for animated movies, you can do, you can have so much fun with these huge villains that just chew the scenery and are so mm-hmm. over the top, but are are fun and I feel like we've moved away from fun villains. Like I'm trying to think of the last like cartoon. Uh oh um the Incredibles, the first one. Um Syndrome, yeah, Syndrome. but that's two thousand five or yeah, something. But, but, like, that he was, was great. Yeah. But even him that's a good balance of sympathetic and over the top because he is over the top. Like he yeah. eventually wants to genocide superheroes because he's so butthurt about one of them won. betraying yeah. or like disappointing him. Yeah. But uh, you know they give me do that great scene at the beginning of Buddy being like Oh, I just want to help. I just want to help. And then he fucks everything up. Yeah. But like, you didn't need like, like a two hour long backstory about mm. this guy. He's like, this happened. Therefore this happens. Yeah. And then, Oh, this is his idea. And you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was brilliant. I, f- I think the Incredibles is still one of the best. The sequel, superhero movies ever. The sequel one was kind of, eh. it's good, but it's not nearly as good because the villain, the villains almost there. <laughs> the, it, it's like, you can see they pulled their punches because yeah. they don't want people like, the screen slaver as an idea, <laughs> it's a great, t- great name mm-hmm. um, as an idea of like, Hey, getting people addicted to media to control them. Like there's something interesting there, but eventually yeah. they just simplified it into like hypnosis bullshit or whatever. Yeah. Well, the, the one door thing is just, it kind of, they, they diluted it really poorly. It's like, it's like daughter really hates daddy. Yeah, like it yeah. just like, and then really hates a brother. Cause the, Brother is just like his, yeah. you know, her dad. Yeah, it's reducing like, it to those little simple family terms. Yeah, because yeah. it was like so cool just seeing the whole storyline kind of go. And then, yeah, I think at the end I was just like, lame. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I think the last animated movie I absolutely loved, other than Into the Spider-Verse, but that's kind of just his own thing. Um, I mean, that one, the bad guy is pretty plain Jane, in my opinion. But he, he's not a big part of it. Even then, they, they, they I think that's a good mix of like, Kingpin's just evil, but sympathetic that he's trying to like get his family get his family back. back. Yeah. But um, that movie's fucking fantastic. I can't wait for Across the Spider Verse. I'm but, kind of uh, in a way a little bit worried about that. Well, I mean, it can only dis- it's like they have to do another ten out of ten to not yeah. disappoint. Okay, here, the re- here's the reason why I'm worried about it because the first one was so good, so good, and then. It's just to me, it was like, I kind of, it makes sense that they have to, to do the multiverse thing again. Yeah. But it's like the finality of him saying goodbye to uh, original well, Peter yeah, Parker yeah, yeah. and then Gwen Stacy. And it's like, oh, no, just joking. It's like, oh, that's kind of a. 100%. When you yeah. reopen the thing that was closed, it, yeah. it takes away from like the, how good it was last yeah. time. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited. I kind of have a prediction of what the storyline is going to be yeah. about. Um, you should write it down. We can open it up. In an yeah, envelope. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll write it. I'll, I'll, yeah, okay. That, that will do. I'll put it in a notepad and then I'll, s- I think maybe we'll write, write a podcast before we watch it. 
That's a good idea. We should write like what our predictions yeah, are. Yeah, and then we just like, okay, spoiler, this is why I think, and then we'll see if we're right or not. Well, because it's funny, I actually hate I I don't like listening to people's predictions because mm. they might be wrong, but they might be right. And then all of a sudden you're like, kind okay. of it's in your head and you're like, ah, they kind of spoiled it for me, even yeah. though they didn't mean to. Yeah. But uh yeah, well, I think it's gonna be good no matter what, but I think it's it's just living up to such such lofty expectations that the only thing it can do is disappoint. But yeah. we'll see. Maybe they I can mean, step it up so high. Like there's that trailer is pretty fucking bonkers. So. It's pretty cool. Granted, like you know, I I thought Lego Lego Movie Two was gonna suck. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's not as good as the first though. It wasn't as good as the first. And that's a pretty common like thing about sequels is like they're almost as good as the first one. Where like when you first watch, you're like, oh yeah, that was really good. And then you realize like the impact is so much less because they use you're not the surprised. there's no surprise. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's so, like it's like animation was really good in the first one. So you're yeah. you're kind of like engaged in totally. the second one. Expectations there. Granted. The movie business lives on sequels. Well, now it does, yeah. And well, I mean, no, even before. Yeah. So, the reason why sequels usually get made, at least this is, I'm just going by pure business, mm-hmm. is that first thing the demand is there. Yeah. Um, everyone loved it, and this is the reason why kind of sequels kind of suck. Was so let's just say you made a movie that was a hundred million dollars in production, hundred million dollars in marketings, and the movie did like half a million dollars cool right you already had all these actors directors and everything signed up for probably regular rates like decent rates then sequel movie comes out and then you know they it could either do good or bad i've never seen an okay sequel like no i mean maybe not but yeah whatever so now they have all this money they made, $300 million, mm. plus they get outside investment to make it really big. Mm. So the reason why most people do sequels is that now all the actors, the directors, if he comes back, screenwriters, everyone, now they can kind of make that money back from the first yeah. movie. So that's that's how I always kind of expect well, yeah, to I mean, see it. I, when I say now, you're right. Mm. Like in the, Since the 70s, the sequels has been a thing, but... It's interesting looking back at the Hollywood of the 70s, like pre-Godfather 2, when mm. it was like, it was a novelty to have a sequel, yeah. where it was like, that was kind of a strange, like, of course, there was always, yeah. you know, continuations and stuff, yeah. but this big marketed, like, huge blockbuster sequel, like, we we didn't really have that. Like, think about pre-Star Wars, like, there wasn't these huge franchise yeah. in the same way, and even when Star Wars came out, it's not the same as it was I in didn't... the 90s, which is not, yeah. not the same as today. Like, even... Think prequels, 2000, what is it, 99, 2001, 2003, yeah. versus uh, Star Wars after Force Awakens. It was like every fucking year there was a Star Wars movie, and then there was TV yeah. shows, and then there was more movies, and then it just never, never stopped. And I, super big tangent. Yeah. It came out today. I don't know if you saw the Ubisoft stuff no. that happened today. So they, they delayed Skull and Bones again, which is their pirate oh. game. Not surprising because they've shown like eight years now. Something like that. Yeah. We I am like, that game doesn't fucking exist. It's gonna suck because they can't figure out what it's supposed to be. They're probably trying to microtransaction it too much. Yeah. Instead of just making a fucking Assassin's Creed game and having to be a really fun pirate game. Oh. But they were talking about like it seems like it's like Ubisoft is in a really bad place right now where Oh, and it's a horrible place. It's like it's really hard to work at. They're not making the money on the stuff they want to do and they're like, we're gonna double down on big franchises and shit. I, I tried to play because they had that Ubisoft Connect deal. I think it's like one dollar a month. Oh sure. For yeah, yeah, yeah. like for the first month. So I signed up and played Far Cry six. Sure. And um yeah. Talking about games made by a fucking algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean well, I mean, 
Far Cry 6, they fixed a lot of problems. Like, Far Cry 5 was just god-awful dog shit. But I feel like every single one of their franchises, it's yeah. just... They just make the same game over and over and oh, over no, with, like, slight changes. Yeah, like, yeah. Assassin's Creed stopped being good after Brotherhood. Yeah. Um, hey, Mirage does kind of look good, though. Yeah. Well, it's just a trailer. But the idea, I'm glad that they're going back to Assassin I mean, in a tight city space. I, granted, Odyssey was pretty good. Like, It's just a different thing. It's a different thing. A it, it shouldn't watch, be called Assassin's yeah. Creed. It should be uh, <laughs> It should be Achilles kicking yeah, ass. Whatever, like, that's, yeah. that's what it should be. Yeah. But, um, and it, yeah, so, like, yeah, Far Cry Six just like holy shit was like there was one point I was like I was like oh because it felt really linear and then now it's like all right now you can go into the mainland and those five different things it just it's kind of like it went contradictory of how I like to live my life mm. was like you know um, this is kind of this is a big tangent now uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how I live my life is I, I do set up big goals like yeah. I want to do X Y Z. This, this, this. I'll I'll talk about this a little bit more in detail in a later episode. But then you kind of like, you don't keep looking at the big goal. You keep going, okay, I want to go that direction. And I'm not going to think about that goal. But I'm going to keep doing things that are progressively get there. Mm-hmm. So this game constantly made me look at the big goals and it just stressed the shit out of me. It was like, okay, um, now I've left the island and I can take on one of four guys you know, then do it. And like, and like, if you do this guy, this, this thing, this thing happens to do this guy, this thing happens. And I was just like, I got so stressed. I stopped playing. I was yeah, like, I'm done. I'm, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. It's like, Oh, but by the way, you can like upgrade camps and everything. I'm like, no, I'm done. Yeah. I am done. Screw this. Like fuck this game. So yeah. I stopped and stopped. Playing. Well, and I feel like games like that are just so, Games designed as content aren't interesting to me anymore. Like mm-hmm. games as art yeah. are. Like I much, I I I waver through like liking big AAA games and yeah. then liking indie games. But I generally like indie games more because like someone had a vision and a small story they want to tell and like this good little gameplay loop and they just like it's a tight package instead of like how do we get someone to log into Ubisoft Connect every day mm-hmm. for a month? How, oh, how do we design yeah. a game? To make sure that they can ping our server as often as fucking possible. Mm-hmm. Games that are like that, like live service games, fucking suck. I'm so yeah. sick of them. Even like good online competitive shooters. I like competitive shooters fine, but yeah. how they dole out content, how they dole out rewards, how they dole out like psychological like like uh, stimuli to keep you engaged and like addicted <coughs> is fucking scary like we've yeah. we've weaponized our scientific discoveries of dopamine of dopamine yeah to like enslave people to give up 20 bucks at a time because they're fucking hooked yeah. and pacified by these games that aren't actually fun for them anymore they're yeah. just like they need it and it's fucking scary yeah i can't remember what yeah so going by that uh, i think the game that stopped becoming fun I will full disclosure. I was fully addicted to this game, uh, Clash of Clans. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. But that game was actually like kind of fun in a well, way. Well, sure at the start it was lots of yeah, fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then I joined a clan with my friend who took it way too seriously. Uh, yeah, it's not and fun. And then he made it into a drag. He would be texting me, going, "Attack this guy. Ooh. You take this guy. You do this strategy." Yeah. And everything. I was like, 
after like even Jillian was in that clan too, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, uh, can we like leave Wilkins' clan? I was like, um, I'm at the point of I want to leave the clan and never come but, back. Yeah, fuck so that. yeah, like yeah, that's hundred percent. And yeah. I think one game I think you should never play. And I was actually really bullish on this game was uh, Dark Tide Warhammer Dark. Tide. Oh sure. Yeah. So based enough that game. Um, I I have an affinity of Warhammer for yeah. game. I love the lore because so cool. it's, it's cool. Shut up, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait. But yeah. granted, um, uh, everyone's bad. Really, like no one's good in that. Yeah, story. it's a dark universe. You, you kind of like latch on to human race because they're yeah. humans, but, but they're but still chaotic and evil. And they're technically Nazis. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're really Very bad cool. to their own citizens yeah. and everything. I grab only yeah. like one group is actually good. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, that game is based enough <laughs> Left for Dead with classes, yeah, and repetitive missions over and over again. Yeah. So those only set up. I I kind of thought originally it was like, oh, they'll do like Diablo thing, like every level is a little bit different, but yeah, the same yeah, objectives. Yeah. But no, it's just just the same app yeah. hidden and. It's a lot of fun for the first 10 hours. Yeah, like, of course. Because it's like gets intense. Yeah, like, the oh. co-op shooter kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just a gear grind. That, yeah, that's yeah. what it's a it's a it's I, not a loot drop game, but you earn credits so you can buy yeah. new loot or combine new loot. Yep. And the store system will change every two hours. So I literally found myself play a little bit in the morning and also check what the loot is to buy. Wow. And then I'll check in during like during lunch. I'll go go in see see what loot to buy and then quit like yeah. five minutes yeah, yeah, yeah and then during after work uh i would wow. play the game yeah and then buy loot so the only reason why i really stopped that game and i honestly god uh at first it was annoyance now i'm actually really glad yep. it happened was the game was really buggy and crash uh, it would yeah, crash yeah. a lot like it would crash right at the end of a game Ugh. so i was like i just spent 30 minutes saving this fucking group because uh, i soloed yeah. it like yeah no oh wow knew. yeah I think Edsel was playing, but he was playing on Steam. Oh, okay. I was playing on Xbox. Yep. And it was a Game Pass game, right? Yeah, it's Game yep. Pass. So I just like I'm like, why do you buy it on Steam? Just get Game yeah. Pass. But uh, but yeah, like it just I I just like you know what? I'm never playing this game again until they fix those crashes. Yep. And then I tried to go back to play it, and I was like, the game kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even think about it. But that that hits the whole point of like the dopamine rush. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and like the the hate. I hate mechanics in video games that are designed around FOMO. Yeah. Where like, oh, I got to check in. I got to check in. What if I miss out like on a sale and like that cosmetic that I really want? Destiny. Yeah. Destiny's like, I actually want to play Destiny too because it's really fun. Yeah. Um, But the idea of investing the amount of time beyond the amount of money it takes to catch up in terms of expansions and shit. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? How, <laughs> how could you possibly enjoy that game without it becoming a full-time job like it costs like 150 fucking dollars to get everything to be up to date on really Destiny. i don't know exactly how much it is at one point i was I like, know yeah i know the main game is free now yeah but that's like then you're way behind yeah and like you to get all the end game stuff it's mm -hmm. it's there's not an easy way to like i want every without really researching to yeah. know what you need to buy. i might be off someone who plays destiny 2 can listen to this and be like david here's how you do this yeah but i find it exceptionally overwhelming to get back into destiny yeah. 2. like destiny destiny one i hated destiny one mm. i only played it because the multiplayer was dope like halo yeah, yeah, yeah um but uh i i i completely agree with you um i hate destiny 2 for a lot of other reasons too here is the big reason why is that it forces me to play a game 
well, I have to play with people. Mm. So if I wanted to do this big raid they game, you can't. Yeah, they can. you can never. Well, I mean, there was those videos of people. Choosing yeah, but it. like that's not. Yeah, that's not the same. No, yeah, but like if you have, if you force me to play a game that I have to do with people to get a certain item, like I don't mind grinding for the item usually. At least yeah. this is ten years ago, me. Um, but now it's like, like I have to like do certain level of teamwork. I have to find friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to play sometimes games I just don't want to think about it. Oh, one hundred percent. That's how I feel about competitive games too. It's like I at one point I was really sweaty and I really enjoyed playing competitive games. But I remember those days. But like I never hit the threshold of like, okay, I'm really into it because I'm fucking tired and I don't want to engage socially with people and make make those online mm. friends and like have to coordinate. So I'd always play just pubs because I'm like, I just want to not be on my mic and just like play games and have fun. Yeah. But it's like as soon as you want to take anything seriously, it's so much work. Yeah, like back in my day um when i was playing counter-strike mm. like this is back in 2000 2001 2002 i was like the like, 1.6 days yeah 1.6 like right when it became csgo yeah. um i was so into it i was always like a pub crawl person um granted i think there was <laughs> this is this is going to date me humongously <laughs> there was a there was a website called GameSpy. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you remember that? remember that so they had so this is back in the day of when um, the matchmaking system did not exist. So you would go online and you see servers lists. Um, the perfect example, the most recent example, like Battlefield. Yeah, Battlefield. 2042? Not 2042, but Battlefield 4, oh, for okay. example. Like you can see server oh, lists and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's a similar system like that. But um, GameSpy had a GameSpy arcade or arena. I can't remember. Okay. And you can log in. You can use the game that you bought. You don't have to rebuy. It, yeah, yeah. But it's a system that will help you kind of find games. Oh, like matchmaking. Yeah. Cool. And really cool thing about that was um, the reason why I'm telling this is that I got ranked in there. Oh, I didn't cool. know. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. So until someone, one of my friends, like, yeah, I, I think I saw you on GameSpy ranked on Counter Strike. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. What am I at? And this is back when I used to be. Uh, my nickname was Red Escape. Okay. And I was ranked 95 out of uh, the top, within the top 100 um, players in North America, I was number 95. Cool. So I was like, oh, like this is dope. I used to like, I was so into that game that I would play local lands by myself and I would get kicked out. Okay. Yeah. Because people would think I'm cheating. Yeah. People like I would get my money back. Thank the God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, If I didn't get my money back, I would just, I'd rage. (laughs) I'd be in in cell rage. But the reason why I'm telling this story is that um, I was so happy in that kind of realm of just like playing publicly, mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it. And I was like, oh, but after my friend told me that, I was uh, like, I should, I should try, should try out for a team. Yeah. And this is such a, like a, this is such an emotional story for me. <laughs> just thinking about it. So I, my friend in the high school, he's like, yeah, you should join our team and play. And, um, and we will be doing like, strategies and meetings and yeah. one time i was doing really bad because mm. i'm not used to like strategizing yeah, you were just like i'm gonna go around and shoot click heads yeah click heads and everything and that's how i had fun and but once i had to go play in the team and do certain strategies yeah. um i kind of really failed so it was like it's it kind of like, different thing. a different thing altogether. but i was kind of dedicated to do it mm-hmm. but after the third time doing it 
I don't know, something happened with our group chats. Like there was no Discord back in the day. I don't think it was like um team Ventrilo. Or? Yeah, Ventrilo. Yeah. Something happened. So I was doing doing the strat with the guys, doing a practice bot match. But um something happened with Ventrello or whatever the app we were using and it delayed all my communication. Oh. So I would hear things like 45 seconds late. Oh shit. So one time we were just like something screwed up entirely and the team captain like railed into me, didn't let me even talk. Yeah. And like and my friends like, what happened? Like you were so slow in all your tactics and you didn't it doesn't seem like you're listening. I was like, oh, um, by the way, um, fuck your team and your captain didn't let me explain or anything. And now thinking about it, uh, all the chats and everything was delayed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, and that completely killed me for that. For game. sure. So yeah, like I understand hundred percent when you're yeah. saying that I just want to like go home and just chill. Yeah. And I never ever played competitively like that again mm-hmm. until we started playing like Rainbow Six. Yeah. And it was like, even then it was like, hey, if we can hit like plat one or diamond that'd be fucking cool oh yeah yeah i'm never gonna play in a sport esports tournament it was like at ltx it would be like fun to do it but yeah yeah i uh i think you know (laughs) for most people video games are not going to be uh their method of income and even less people playing video games competitively will be their method of income yeah and so i think most people just need to chill out (laughs) yeah i just need to chill like literally fun do the summit method don't don't play games for other people play games for yourself and like i'll say this um if you are gonna make it into esports you you would know (laughs) like like we we have a friend ed yeah he could have been an esports player if he he like really committed to it Mm -hmm. and he's so much better than all of us yeah yeah. he's like he just reacts faster he clicks heads faster like all of us are good and like the more we play the better we get like i noticed myself like (laughs) The more I played, I'm like, ah, oh, nice. I'm getting better and better. Yeah. And I played Rainbow Six for like years and I was like, oh, I'm finally good. I can solo queue to plat one. Yeah. I'm fucking great. I just like play rolls in and like in a week, he's as good, if not better than me. Yeah. And like, he doesn't know the strats and shit, but like, he's just, he has the brain for it. And yeah. Like, if you don't have, if you're not like so much better than your friends naturally, you're not going to be an esports pro. Yeah. Chill out. Just yeah. enjoy the game. Have fun. Relax. Yeah. I think for me, if I didn't have that issue. Mm-hmm. Going back to CS, I think I could have played. Sure. At least, I don't think I would have been like pro. Like, um, uh, oh shoot, I'm I'm blanking on that guy's name. That came to our office. No, not, that's not, that. Yeah, Shroud he sucks. <laughs> Does he suck? Well, he, he was he wasn't good enough to be pro, and so he became a streamer. No, he's pro now. No, he went back to. I thought he's no, he's he's in Valorant pro. I think. But is he like actually good, or is he just like? I think. Well, I mean, he. You only really, I only see clips. So what I, yeah, what I see from as what I understand, he's a million times better than I'll ever, ever, yeah. ever be. Yeah. Um, but he, he's like fine. Yeah. But he's not like he's 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 like let's say he's um he's not all star, but he's good enough to compete. Yeah, but it's like he's one of those people that they signed for to be an influencer on this. Exactly. Team. And like, yeah. there's a lot of like the biggest esports teams. They know they can't win, but yeah. if they have enough influencers, it doesn't matter. They're making money. I mean, money. phase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, but 
I think I couldn't like my life could have been changed if that didn't happen. Yeah. I think I don't think I'd be like a pro like a really good pro player. Yeah, but you could have kept going. I could have kept going and become like an esports manager or whatever. Yeah. No. I can see you doing that. You could still could become an esports manager. Who the fucking knows? I don't know. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe one day I'll buy an esports team. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. That would oh I mean it could be cool, but also it also seems to be like it's like the closest thing to crypto there is. It is. It hundred percent obviously is. legitimate ways of running a business, but like the shit storm and like absolute banana stories you hear about esports management, it doesn't sound like a good space. Yeah, I mean, but maybe it needs more people like you who can bring in some some uh, morality. I don't know, but even then, it's just like I think if I was going to be an esports manager, I would have to play dirty too. That's unfortunately yeah. the truth. Is if it's a dirty space to survive, you kind of have to play dirty, and it's like you can be like I'm nice, but then people will just take advantage of you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it it will it would just suck anyways. But anyways, that's like, my pitch for uh, a villain is <laughs> someone. Well, no, no, well, not an esports thing, but just like uh, a person who people think is absolutely evil because they just like kill and they're merciless. But yeah. really, what they're doing is they're protecting people that are at good. And allowing them to occupy a space I mean, from the people trying to take advantage of them. Like, I mean, technically, that's like, I mean, I'm watching Yellowstone now. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's like that's like the new latest and basic, uh, latest and greatest basic bitch show, sure. in my opinion. It's kind of like, oh, everyone's watching it. Well, and there's like the different spinoffs, right? Like the 1883. The Simon uh, spinoffs. It's like a prequel. Uh, it's the same family, but yeah, it's like 18, but it's, yeah. I was like, oh, it's like 1883, 1923. Oh, I, I, I joked to Jillian today. I'm like, I want like when I wonder when 1963 coming out. She's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, no, like, yeah, but, but it, it not, might, it's probably yeah, gonna happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think like that the, the, that's like you can see like a level of evil but mm. necessary evil to accomplish your goals yeah. and protect the people that you love but yeah anyways i don't want to talk about yellowstone right now because we'll talk about it at some point that's a whole i might watch it at some have point. you watched it no cassie's brother's really into it in the spinoffs my my thing against it is that it seems like such a uh like concert pro conservative show and it seems like like some of the things i've heard i'm like that seems kind of problematic. Like some of like the depiction of First Nations people. They call them Indians. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's what people in the States call them. Do they? Yeah. Really? Because so. oh, yeah, that's the one thing I wanted to ask. Because like Kevin Costner's character, John Dutton, he's like, like, yeah, you know, the Indians used to kill us for this. And I'm mm. like, I had a pa I pause it because Jilly and I watch it. I mean, we're, we're into it. We like it. Yeah. But there's some like we know those problems yeah. with it. Um, but we're like, uh, that's kind of Well, I know weird. there's a plot of like the Indian, the First Nations people, yeah. part, part of my tongue slip, um, are trying to get like what was their land that was promised to go back to them after eight generations or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's like it, the way it was described to me, it sounds like it's made to make the First Nations people look really privileged and like. Yeah. Shitty. And I'm like, it, that's such a subtle way to be like. Hey, you you know like this like yeah thing we're trying to make right in the real world. It's kind of bullshit. Like, what do they deserve? Yeah. Why they don't deserve nothing? Those, and I was like, ah, it seems I don't want to ruin anything because the show is very like spoiler sensitive. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think yeah maybe we should do an episode about it and what yeah. the how many seasons is there right now? Five, four, uh. four on Amazon Prime. And then uh, four on Amazon Prime and then one on Paramount Plus. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I am not going to. I can't handle <laughs> shows that are split between two services. I mean, I, the Paramount Plus has been buying like, uh, a yeah. lot of stuff. I see. Um, but yeah, like it's it's like 
when he shifted to Paramount Plus, like um, it's another show I like. I here's one thing about me: I like watching kind of like trashy shows, mm. just so I don't think about things. Like I love SWAT. I don't sure. know why. It's a yes. I I acknowledge that it is a militaristic police show that's really brutal and it's like shows like the flashy yeah. cool side about being yeah. a cop. See, we need cops. We need yeah. cops to shoot yeah. bad guys. We need cops and tanks. Yeah. yeah, it's really bad. Like, but you do acknowledge all that Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and yeah. police, which is good because the main character is black. Yeah, cool. and he's a very sensible character. Yeah. Um, but I turn my head off on these shows because it's just like it's just fun. I just I'm just I know what I'm in for. I'm in my little like uh, roller coaster cart yeah. and just like I'm just gonna enjoy the ride. Well, and I think everyone has the things that they're willing to turn their brain off for. I find that's I have a hard time. Like it's not like I'm like a woke or some shit, but yeah. it's like I have a hard time turning off my brain to insidious depictions of marginalized people that are like not overtly evil, but mm. are clearly from a place of like. In real world, yeah, it's kind of bullshit what they're saying. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's ways in the story where um, the main character acknowledges um, the people in the reservation, mm-hmm. and he understands and you know sympathizes with their pleas because like those those episode when they talked about fairness, okay. there's no such thing as fairness. Either it's you do it like you do everything for yourself, then that's the name of the game. You do it, and then. If uh, if if people say you're wrong, it's because they want what you want or what you have. So I was like, e- I understand that point of view. That's what evil people say to yes. justify their actions. I, everyone in the show is evil to the yeah. point. So yeah. I mean, to a point, I've I heard it's like, called it's redneck Game of Thrones without the murder. Oh no, it's there's a lot. There's a lot of murder. Oh. There's a lot of murder. It's like those. Um, oh fuck! I, now I really wish you watched the show because one episode. Um, I I talk to Jillian about all the time because like I do it to her and she freaks out. <laughs> oh, she doesn't freak out. She just goes, "That's so stupid." <laughs> uh, something really the murder just happens so fast, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll yeah. uh, I'll give it a couple episodes. You know what? Watch it during the summer break when there's like nothing really going on. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I wanted to talk briefly about some of the movies, but we might yeah. have to save that for a different day. Cause yeah. we're, uh, we're going long. Yeah. I know. Let, let me talk about one thing. Yeah. So I'm like, I alluded earlier is, uh, I watched devotion. Which one's devotion. The like, devotion. Like it might wait. Let, let me pause a second. I might've fucked up. Okay. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, let me talk about devotion. So this movie is with um, Jonathan, Jonathan Major, who is King, yeah. the Destroyer, Conqueror, Conqueror, yeah, yeah. So uh, and uh, Owen Owen Powell, Hangman from yeah. Top Gun, Top Maverick. Gun. He's he's another Flyboy movie. Hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. So uh, the story is based in the Korean War, and the reason why I want to talk about it is um, the Korean War. There's not many movies about the Korean War. And um, I'll get to that later. So it was actually really interesting. So the movie is about kind of like, um, you know, black aviators or one black aviator called Jesse Brown. That he is depicted as a really good pilot. And this is based on a true story and how I can't remember the other guys, Tom. Uh, he's kind of like the character that gets kind of thrust into the team, okay. and you kind of see the world from Through his, his eyes, eyes yeah, yeah. and see 
how Jesse Brown kind of struggles to become an aviator. Mm-hmm. Granted, in the movie, it's kind of weird because um, you don't really see him struggle being a black aviator okay. that much. It's everything is that they become friends and then he tells them what he had to get through to this point. But every single point in the movie is him kind of just like, I'm a black aviator. I don't have to really worry about too much. Okay. And end of the day, this is a spoiler, but the movie's been out. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not probably going to watch it. No, like, maybe it'll it. be a background watch. Don't something. watch it. Um, you know, he dies and Tom tries to rescue him. Doesn't work out. He passes out and then he has to leave his body in North Korea to get rescued like yeah they, they try to rescue him he gets captured gets ca- oh he doesn't get captured he dies in the plane okay. that crashed because it got hit i'm really kind of like skipping a lot of stuff in yeah, the movie. of course and he gets met of honor and whatever it's it's an okay movie yeah i see why it it like review wise it did really well oh. but no one watched the movie no it didn't didn't trust me at all yeah and it's just, it kind of led me kind of like in a weird spot was like, it felt like they were trying, uh, based on the trailers, I thought there'd be more aerial battles. Yeah. Um, well, more, in the year of Top Gun, you've got to have some fucking aerial there battles. There was only two. Nah. <laughs> and even like the one was kind of lame. Yeah. Um, the last one, I was just like, oh, it's just like a lot of strafing runs yeah, yeah, on yeah. a hill. And it's about, because and he saved that one marine that was really mean to him, yeah. and now that marine has some newfound respect yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like it's everything about like telling the story about, about the you know the black culture struggle yeah. sure. to get adopted into this world that has segregation, racism. Yeah. I respect all that, sure, but it just felt like the movie kind of just ended. Nah. I was like, oh, that's it, and yeah. then you had to like learn about the epilogue about the family. Tom and Jesse Brown's wife became really close friends and their families are really close friends. And the big thing is that to this day, because Jesse Brown died in North Korea, they are trying to recover his body. Uh, I see. To this bring is a real back. life story. Yeah. So it's like, it's a good story, but it felt like it's missing everything that makes it like, should be a good movie. Yeah. So, I didn't really understand that. But what really kind of interests me was they called the Korean War the Forgotten War. Mm. And I was like, why did they call it the Forgotten War? And I literally Googled it and I went to Quora. that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it happened. Like the, everyone's saying, like, oh, it was a really short war, three years. I'm yeah. like, that's a pretty decently. I think the U.S. involvement was shorter than that, though, wasn't it? No, I think. No, the U.S. was involved right out the bat. Right out the bat? Okay. So... Um, I went to Quora, which is a horrible, horrible place, but someone actually had a really good point that <laughs> I don't know if it's a lot of traction, but it's because there was so much Chinese involvement in that mm-hmm. Korean war and showing Americans killing Chinese does not sell movies. No, they're not allowed to, they would get it blacklist. Exactly. So I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And it's like, ah, Chinese, like China. Wait, let me go. Ah, uh, China. You know, they're 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 they got the claws in the North American business. Well, it's like uh, what was that? Homefront, the game. They clearly the original intent was for it to be China invading yeah. the U.S. and like it was supposed to be a big thing. Yeah. But because they want to sell games, they they turned it to North Korea, and it's North- like such a <laughs> bullshit 
idea that North Korea would be able to invade the U.S. and yeah. occupy in any meaningful manner. Yeah. But you got to sell games and you can't have China be the villain. That just doesn't work. I think the only game that you ever like really saw a fight against the Chinese <clears throat> was actually Fallout. Fallout, Fallout Anchorage. The DLC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like, you fight against and use Chinese AKs, yeah. which is, like, cool. It's not like they're showing the bad guys. It's just a faction. Isn't there a Command and Conquer, I think, too, that it's, like, the Chinese? Uh, Red Alert, I guess. Maybe. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe I just... Uh... Well, you might be thinking of Rise of Nations, but, I mean, that's just, like... Those are all Chinese. Like, uh... There's one. There's one. Is there? I think so. Um, It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... um. It's always been fascinating to me seeing how our media, even though it's not quote unquote censored mm -hmm. to please China, it's shaped to please China. Yeah. And it's like everything. It's such a big market that like you have to do it as we become it's so weird. globalized. Yeah. You have to you have to appease Chinese censors. But you know, what's weird is that um, there's a lot of <clears throat> I really want to verify this and see if it's true. But like the Chinese economy apparently is collapsing, but you don't hear about it. Yeah, they're really struggling. Yes. Yeah. Well, for a million reasons, but uh, I uh, I don't really like. I don't know how I feel. I uh, and maybe we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, another episode. I just wanted to kind of bring that up because I was like an interesting fact. Because I would love to watch more content about the Korean War. Because I actually, for many years, forgot about it. The only reason you why don't think I, about it much, even like in the show, like the big show, Mash. Mash. Didn't even reference it too much. No, it was really just like a backdrop. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the reason why they're all together is yep. the Korean War. But after that, they don't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, the show lasts so much longer than the Korean War. <laughs> <laughs> now it's... Uh, yeah. I mean, if you lived in Korea, I'm sure you think of it a lot more. Like, I've when I went to Korea, I went to the, the war museum. And it's, it's much more intense when you get to see it mm -hmm. uh, and see the ties of it and see the stories of, like, individual families that have been ripped apart and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and even seeing those clips now of like, like, you know, someone from a few generations back meeting like a grandkid or something for the first time across mm -hmm. the border. But uh, yeah, it's because weird that we, yeah, we don't think about it much. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's because America can almost lost that war. Mm. Like it was very true. But I mean like, okay, if you don't want to talk about that, there's a point of like the Vietnam war, they flat out lost. Yeah. And there's a million movies about the Vietnam War. So that reason it doesn't track. Well, to me, if I'm putting on my cynical hat, it would be that in the Korean War, the Americans aren't the main character. And Americans only care about wars where they're the protagonist, even though it's not necessarily true. Yeah. If they can't portray themselves as the protagonist, then they don't fucking care. I mean, the it's a if they're gonna do anything, it would be like the fight against communism. 100 percent But it's yeah. like the, there's not as many angles as you can take as, in terms of like World War II or Vietnam or yeah, right. even like the Iraq War. It's like the U.S. is the protagonist in those stories. Well, I mean, you know, the Vietnam War, they're not the protagonist per se. Most of the good ones, at least, are like just telling about the soldiers' experience. Well, 100%. But I mean, like, you can craft stories about the United States and Americans at the center of it. Yeah. Um, whereas it's a little bit harder to naturally do that with the Korean war. Cause like, yeah, like you can do yeah. what, but, but devotion did, you know, kind of have this little side story, but like, if you're really talking about like main battles and stuff, it's yeah. like the U S is a side character in the Korean war. It's not yeah. the protagonist. Yeah, man. I don't know. That devotion movie started off so good. Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, like your first third, you're like, it's going to set up to be fucking dope. <laughs> and then you're just like, Oh, Oh, that's it. 
it felt like it's a COVID movie. Like when yeah. I when I say COVID, I'm not going to talk about the 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 virus. Is that it's such a close set. There wasn't that many people. Yeah, everything was a lot of it was green screen, which I don't mind. But um, it very felt like okay, they produced it because of these restrictions. Yeah. But anyways, it that's that's kind of like my point. It wasn't very strong, but it's just like something that just I just watched last night. Yeah, and it was just like it's fresh in my mind. Um, I'm in a string of bad movies. Yeah, man, you gotta watch the good ones. I gotta watch Avatar. That's that's my next. It's a good one. one. It's a good. It's a gooder. It's not yeah. a greater. It's yeah. a gooder. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll talk about the movies that I'm excited about next time. There's there's like a solid thirty movies this year that I'm like I'm actually pretty excited about. Like watch the watch the trailer for Bo is scared. Is that what it's called? The new Ari Aster movie. I uh, it looks fucking awesome. Anyways, yeah. we'll get to it and we'll get to so much more next time we're back on Let's Just Swing It. So yeah. you can find us at uh you can email us at You know what? If if you if you just if you find us podcast, just give us a good rating. Yeah. <laughs> Five fingers up the yeah. don't, you know, either you like it or you don't like it. If you don't like it, send us an email. Yeah. If you love it, you know, five star. Hell yeah. Uh, Until next time. Bye.